Auto. Uh, fellows, we're recording this on Festivus as Seinfeld enthusiasts like myself. Uh, we have the chance today to air the grievances of the Ohio State recruiting class. Uh, we've got a lot of problems with people, and uh, now we're going to tell them about it. But we're not going to do that. We're going to talk about the week ahead and the Peach Bowl because it is officially Peach Bowl week. Uh, December 24th, Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas to both of you. Uh, Tim, just kick us off here. Um, we're getting ready to head down to Atlanta for the Peach Bowl here in just a couple of days. What are you most looking forward to when we get down there? Talking to a few more players, uh, getting a, 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 you know, like uh, like Ryan Day said, he liked the way practices went in Columbus. And, uh, uh, you know, he said he liked to look in these guys' eyes. And I had some people call me, you know, and texting me and emailing me saying, looks in their eyes, who cares about it? I'm just going, that was just one of the things he said, you know. I mean, well, people are really, really, really quick to jump right now, man. And uh, and Ryan Day did say something during that press conference. Interesting. I'm I'm paraphrasing, but basically, you learn who who's with you and maybe who isn't with you uh, when things get tough. And uh, you know that's important to know for for future reference. But but the bottom line is, you, you are interested to to talk to these players to see where their minds are. Talk to some of the Georgia guys. Uh, see what they're thinking about, uh, you know, being defending champions and all that comes with that, the pressure that that actually comes with that. And uh, but we're never you never know about a football game. And you guys know this. I mean, Ohio State was favored over Michigan. Right. You never know about how a football game is going to go until you watch it, until it actually happens. But I think this Ohio State team seems to be focused on on what's ahead of it. The uh, I, the idea of resurrecting this season to a certain extent, they haven't won in essence, anything yet of, of a championship uh, uh, situation. So uh, this is a chance for them to get going, but I'm interested to see, you know, what they're talking about, what their concerns are, uh, what their confidence is going into this. Andy, you will be coming from Philadelphia. I am coming from uh, Northern Kentucky, Tim, obviously from Columbus where he's been uh, as the 40 year vet. Andy, when you get down to Atlanta on the 26th, what are you most looking forward to? Just hearing from the Buckeyes, seeing from the Buckeyes. Is it the demeanor? Is it the way they talk? Is it is it the way they stack up against Georgia when you just look at them with the eye test? What is it for you? I mean, this is basically their, their national championship. We talked about earlier on how this was a matchup we thought we might see in the national title game. Now it just comes one week earlier. And, of course, they have to win to get a shot at that national title. And I'm just super curious to see how both of these teams line up. As much as we talk about Ohio State trying to make a statement about after that Michigan game bouncing back, I think Georgia and that defense wants to make a statement of its own, considering it gave up 502 passing yards to an LSU team. And everyone seems to think that the way that Ohio State will win this game is through the air. And I do think that's Georgia's relative weakness. But I just – you know, I'm really curious to see how that unit bounces back in that secondary in Georgia. And I think if you're Ohio State, you do have to run the ball, at least with a concerted effort to even have a chance to throw the ball. So it's not like they can just go in there and air it out the whole day. Uh, you got to open up some running lanes, at least off the edge, because that interior defensive line for Georgia is as good as it gets. So I'm intrigued to see how they open up the passing game and if it can be as effective as it was, you know, for LSU in the SEC title game or even the year before that in Mercedes-Benz Stadium for uh, Alabama and Bryce Young against uh, Georgia in that SEC title game. Yeah, it's always interesting to me uh, because you get such a long buildup in the city. You get a feel for for where both teams are, uh, you know, motivation, mentally, where that motivation lies, where that mentality is. 
Uh, you know, we'll get full Ohio State availability and Georgia availability on the 29th. Uh, the 28th and 27th are kind of split up between offense and defense. By the 29th, a couple days before kickoff, we're going to have a really good feel for this game. And that's why I haven't put too many predictions out there for anything. I don't want to make those yet. You like to get down there and figure out exactly where these teams are. I'm very curious where this Ohio State team is. We're four weeks now removed from today. We're four weeks removed from a butt kicking in the horseshoe uh, that nobody really saw coming from the Ohio State program or around the country. And so this program now has to turn around. Obviously, five weeks is a long time between games. You don't get that ever. Uh, but you have now have to turn around, pivot, and now play a team that is Michigan, you know, for lack of a better term, Michigan on steroids, even though, you know, because it's just a bulkier, beefier version of what you saw against Michigan. And so you're going to have to be able to match up athlete for athlete. And so the mentality heading in is just as important as when the, once the ball is kicked and, and executing, I think, because you've got to be able to tell yourself, hey, this is just another college football team. They're one of the three most talented teams in the country, and Ohio State's the other one, uh, along with Alabama, who's not even in this tournament. So I, I'm very curious to see those those three days in particular, the 27th, 28th, and 29th. We will know a ton about this team uh, heading into kickoff by by uh, nightfall on the 29th in Atlanta, Tim. Yeah, I guess. What kind of different plays are they going to run, though? You know, uh, did they get things straightened out on the defensive side of the ball and talk about Ohio State? Because, you know, when you go back and look at that Michigan game, gave up a ton of yards, but I keep going back to this stat, five plays for 355 or something yards and five touchdowns. Uh, um, yeah. That's crazy. I mean, that's a crazy stat. And it's all about, you know, like I called them incendiaries, not explosives. Those were incendiaries because they got the, they, they burned it down. And uh, as Ohio state, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm curious in how you can, you can refocus, you know, you can reemphasize, Hey, on this, you do this. Uh, you know what I mean? Because those were mistakes that were made in the secondary on those three pass plays in one form or fashion, three different kinds of mistakes. And, you know, it's it's like a buddy of mine. I've got a buddy of mine who just constantly goes back to those kind of things and goes, and I'm just going, he goes, that's lack of coaching. That's lack of whatever. And I go, well, what about the other plays they played? Well, you know, would you give me any credit for those? Yeah, but those are the plays. That can, I go, I know, because it got down to man-to-man-to-man, one-on-one -to -man -to -man, kind of situations at Ohio State. Uh, uh, failed on but you know we saw hints of that throughout the year it's just that Ohio it's just that Michigan piled them up on top of each other those kind of plays and which really killed them but the main thing I'm curious about uh is do they does Ohio State understand and th this is this is the main thing that I um associate with Michigan when it comes to comparing Michigan to Georgia is Michigan had a quarterback who, when things broke down, ran the ball a few times and kept drives alive. That's what Stetson Bennett can do. You know, big plays sometimes happen, sometimes don't. But but prolonging drives, that's something that you, you know, how many times do you have to take a little bit of a wide rush and leave open a scrambling lane for a quarterback like J.J. McCarthy uh, and other guys, even Talia Tungavaloa, and just go, well, okay, we'll get them next time. Bottom line is, has the front seven, especially the front four, learned its lesson in that regard? Because Tetson Bennett will test that, you know. You're not going to really know until the game. But, you know, there are these little things 
along with the big plays, which really cost Ohio State. And then, of course, as you heard me bring up with Ryan Day in that press conference, uh, you know, a week or so after the game, uh, three points is not enough in the second half against anybody, you know, and we, we can lay everything on the defense con continually, but the offense failed dramatically in the second half against Michigan. And, you know, you're curious about the lessons learned there and will we see the answers until game night? I don't think we will. I think that's when we will see the answers one way or the other. Yeah, Andy, I don't expect to get any of those answers before before kickoff, but you can get a feel for maybe how the Buckeyes expect things to go uh, before kickoff. Certainly. Um, I was just – one thing that took me by surprise a little bit in, in talking or hearing what Ryan Day had to say this week in the press conference was talking about the running back situation, and he was mentioning how Chip Traynham could potentially make a full-time switch to that position. And I'm just curious how much we're going to see of Chip in the CFP, if we're going to see more Dallin Hayden, if we're going to see some kind of mix of Dallin and Mayan, uh, certainly we'll see Mayan at some extent. I'm just really interested to see what they do with the running back position, because as much as we've talked about the need for Ohio State to attack downfield or even the middle of the field against this Georgia defense, um, I think it starts on the ground, at least having some kind of threat. It's more of just running the football and getting Georgia to open up those looks so that there's actually space between the linebackers and safeties to throw the ball than it is to have massive success on the ground. So that was just something that kind of perked my ears up a little bit because I was kind of expecting Chip to maybe just not be as much of a factor. But considering how much we saw him in the Michigan game, uh, that sticks out to me. The other thing that sticks out to me is just these tight ends for Georgia. We've talked about them already a lot, but Darnell Washington and Brock Bowers are two of the best, maybe the best tandem of tight ends in the country. And one game that kind of sticks out to me for Ohio State fans is like the Notre Dame game. And I'm not saying that Kevin Bauman is, is the 1A or 1B uh, to Michael Mayer as Darnell Washington is to Brock Bowers. But I do think that that's probably the best comp you have for the season of maybe a two tight end set that Ohio State has faced. And I guess when you look back at the defense, what they did for that game, it was more of sticking you know, Ronnie Hippen and Lathan Ransom in the box and having those guys shadow those two tight ends. Uh, and then playing with basically three corners in the back, being the slot guy or the nickel guy. And so I wonder if they do something like that again, because you have to have some kind of way to neutralize those guys. You can't get them too open in space because those are the two main targets I think you got to focus on. Oh, yeah. Um, if you're Ohio State. Yeah. The interesting, real quick, about I want to jump in there about the running back situation is, you know, coming out of that Maryland game, I think we all thought Dallin Hayden was going to be, you know, uh, as they, you know, for one of another term, the bell cow going into the Michigan game, you know, just, just when you think you've figured out what Ohio State's going to do with its running back, all of a sudden, Mayan Williams doesn't even make the trip to Michigan State after a great game, you know, and uh, I'm I'm just, I don't know if we're really going to get a grip on it, uh, on exactly what they're going to do at their running back situation until we see it actually happen, because Chip Traynham became the running back of record in the uh, a game against Michigan after Dallin Hayden, and, and I thought, it really helped them. Uh, uh, it really helped pull that game out of the fire against Maryland, and uh, so it's really curious is how how, how uh, healthy is Mayan Williams? Are you, are you hearing he's pretty healthy? You know, but uh, we're not going to know about that. And like you just said, the thing the thing about the tight end situation, which is going to be curious, is Brock Bowers. I mean, he doesn't just beat you catching the ball. You know, they they run jet sweeps with him on occasion, a tight end, and uh, and then Darnell Washington hardly he you know he's. 
I think he's got almost half the catches of Brock Bowers. I don't know the exact stat, but all of a sudden, six foot seven, whatever he is, down the middle of the field, he might be bigger than that, six foot eight, down the middle of the field, and he makes that key catch on a third down that keeps the drive alive. And he's like, what? He weighs 270, 280, right, Spence? Just a big, humongous human being who happens to play tight end. That will be that will be the challenges for this Ohio State defense, like it is for any defense that faces uh that faces Georgia. But I keep pointing out, you know, Kentucky faced that same challenge and what uh lost that game 16 to 6. Missouri faced that same challenge, and uh, um, uh, George had to come from behind in the fourth quarter to win that game at Missouri. So, you know, this this Georgia team, everybody keeps talking about them being Michigan on steroids. I, you know, I'm, I'm not sure that's that's exactly the way I would phrase it. I just think they are a team of opportunity, and they do like to hang on to the football and keep drives alive and, and basically run you into the ground if they can. Uh, but – they do a lot of little different little things that uh, I'm not sure Michigan's thought of yet. One of the things that I'm, and this is going to be one of my closing thoughts is I'm very curious to find out which of these freshmen has emerged. Uh, Tim, you've been around for a, a long time. You know that when you give a freshman four or five weeks of bowl prep, yeah, somebody emerges in the bowl game. Is that going to be Sonny Styles? Is that going to be a guy like Caleb Brown, maybe in a part return situation? Is that going to be, uh, you know, a defensive lineman, maybe maybe a Caden Curry. Is that going to be a linebacker like a C.J. Hicks, depending on his health situation? We saw him go down against Michigan. You know, yeah. sometimes you just – you give these freshmen four or five more weeks to get acclimated even further into the program, and then the bowl game pops up and they're they're flashing. You know, Georgia's had freshmen flash all over because they've got freak athletes everywhere, uh, and they had a lot to replace after last year's national title team. But I'm looking at a guy like Sonny Styles. I'm looking at a guy like a Caden Curry. Me who's going to step? Who's going to, you know, a Jair Brown, if we've got issues at cornerback at some point? One of these freshmen is going to have an impact for Ohio State. The fun thing about this bowl game is we get to talk to almost every player on the roster. And by the time the game kicks off, we might already have an idea of which freshman that might be. Because, like I said, this week of coverage ahead, you get to talk to a lot of guys and you get to find out, hey, who's really flashing in these four weeks of bowl practice? Yeah, I, I, the the guy you know you've named, and I've been waiting for him to take a to be given a more a more important role is Caden Curry. And the thing about it is, uh, he's the kind of like lightning you want to unveil in a situation like this because yeah, he's gonna get blocked some, but man, this guy, yeah, and we you know it's an off used phrase, but his motor never stops, and the way he enjoys getting after people. <laughs> I mean, um, and that's not knocking anybody else, you know, who could be in the rotation at defensive end or, you know, whatever else they try to do with him, et cetera. But, uh, you know, JT Tuimolowal and Caden Curry and perhaps Jack Sawyer um, and Zach Harrison, they've got to have a game, man. And by have a game, I mean, they it's not necessarily they got to have a, a big sack game, but they've got to – all those guys in their own way are very quick they've got to be able to contain Stetson Bennett as well as get after him. And uh, Caden Curry, I, I don't know. I just, just you've, I've had a sense of the last several weeks that his, maybe his time has come. And uh, of course, we're not going to know that until the game, uh, but uh, you're exactly right. I mean, back in the, in the secondary, I would think they're going to, yeah. I mean, Sonny Styles may step in in some regard, but there are so many guys who've learned lessons over the, the first 12 games of the year. I would think, uh, 
that they're going to stick with status quo to a certain extent back there. But what is status quo? Because all of a sudden we looked up and Cameron Martinez was trailing a guy down the middle of the field on a post route. You know, I mean, in in, a, in early in that game against Michigan, uh, you know, sometimes you don't really know until you see it happen in front of you what the coaches are even thinking about these guys. But I definitely have Caden Curry on my mind right now. Andy, do you have a, a freshman that you think is going to be uh, a guy for Ohio State against against Georgia? Mm, yeah, I mean, I like your Caleb Brown mention. Like, I just think that with the special teams, there's always someone that sticks out in a bowl game like this where you haven't seen it before and there's a play, whether it's a punt return or a kick return, that can kind of turn the game around. Um, so I guess that would be my pick right now. But I'm certainly interested to talk to everyone to see where that buzz is coming because sometimes it's in a direction you never really expected. I mean, we're seeing guys left and right lose their black stripes, and those aren't necessarily guys you're probably going to see in the game, but it just goes to show how much work can be done in this time leading up to this game. And quite frankly, I think, yeah, I think you made a good uh, good point there, Spencer. Like, we're going to see someone who probably haven't seen towards the end of the season make an impact because it is a full month. It's a lot of time, a lot of things to happen. You know, there's time for people to, you know, unfortunately get hurt. There's also time for people to get back healthy. Um, like, you know, we I wrote a story about Mike Hall last week. That's a guy that we haven't really seen for the last, like, really six games play a big role. But in the first six games of the season was a big disruptor on that defensive line. And, you know, is he going to take up more of the snaps from, you know, Teron Vincent? It, it, how is that going to split up? You know, we're not really going to know these things until, you know, the kick – the ball's kicked on a uh, new year's Eve. And that's the thing. Like we can write about as much as we want about this game and we can predict what we want to predict, but a lot of things are going to look very different than we saw in the Michigan game, just by circumstance. Absolutely. As we inch toward uh, Ohio state, Georgia in the peach bowl, uh, full media schedule is as follows defensive players on Tuesday for Ohio state in the morning, Wednesday, offensive players. We'll talk to five players in the coordinator. And then Thursday, the 29th, is full media day uh, for Ohio State and Georgia. That is the big day. Uh, that is the fun day. That's the day we get to talk to quite a few Buckeyes that we normally don't get to speak to. Then we get into game mode, uh, barely any media from there. We'll have full coverage of it at lettermanrow.com and on the YouTube channel because we will all three be in Atlanta. Andy will be there on the 26th. I'll be there on the 26th. Tim gets there, I think, late on the 26th. We'll all be there in time for Ohio State media day on the 27th in the buildup to the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl semifinal between Ohio State and Georgia. Number one versus number four, folks. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, the week ahead is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, excited to spend the, uh, a full week down there in Atlanta with both of you. But for the 40-year vet, Tim May and Andy Backstrom, I'm Spencer Holbrook. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We will see you guys in Atlanta for Ohio State, Georgia in the Peach Bowl.